Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Tim and Anthony along with you here for your ride home or your listening pleasures today on the uh, podcast. Episode probably around 154. I'm not sure exactly. I didn't double check, and I'm not going to do it now. A lot going on. We haven't talked in a while. Obviously, a crazy schedule for me, and Anthony's been tied up himself Mm -hmm. with many other responsibilities and obligations, but we have uh, curved out a a time Mm -hmm. here on this uh, Wednesday. Yeah, it's already Wednesday, thanks. Yeah, (laughs) hump day. Not too bad. No, we're almost there. Uh, So basketball season begun uh, basically last night Mm -hmm. in college basketball. College football's in full swing. High school football is in the playoffs. We regional are at the semis, right? regional semis, and we'll talk about that here in, in a moment. And it, that's, you know, obviously the Premier League's going on. Obviously, other things are going on we'll get to maybe. We're not going to, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see where it takes us. As simple as that. So, Anthony, how are you, my friend? Good. Good. It's uh, nice to be back. I Thankfully, um, college football is starting to wind down. Uh, that's been a disaster. And I have, but don't worry, we are improving every day. You can take souls when you go to bed tonight and Saturday morning you wake up. We are getting better. The scoreboard is not showing it, but we're getting better. Um, yeah. High school football, I tell you what, uh, a lot of fun so far. Um, you know, when I moved out of the area in 2009, um, you know, I didn't really, you know, that's not something you're excited to go away, try something new for the first time. And, you know, when I moved back about seven or eight years later, you know, high school football really wasn't on my radar per se yet um, because my cousins had not reached that stage. But I tell you what, since probably 2016 on, you realize what you miss on Friday nights. I mean, that is, you know, it, what the college is and the NFL and people have their preference there, but it, it, it's nice, you know, to watch kids play the game the right way and the game they love. And it's just nice to see that community atmosphere and spirit. Um, so uh, that's been a real treat to watch the last couple of weeks. You probably hit it right on the button there. I think most people go through that. Right after high school, yeah, into the they, college mm-hmm. years, where they kind of, you know, they're Get trying away, new yeah. things. They're trying maybe because they're they moved away mm-hmm. or you know went to college, and they're mm-hmm. obviously going to root for their mm-hmm. collegiate team mm-hmm. and have other responsibilities going on. And then things kind of switch. Either a you settle down mm-hmm. and you start your own yep. family, or b you kind of like you said, have family members or friends mm-hmm. or whatever activity that kind of draws you mm-hmm. back into yeah. that level of football. And then once you go to the game yes. as a fan and you see the competition, it just absorbs it brings you, you even back. more. Yeah, it yeah. does. And you really look forward to that yes, level of do. football every year because the, you know, in Ohio, we got seven divisions and so many great stories each oh, year. Yeah. So many great coaches over the years. Exactly. That's what I like the most, Tim. Yeah. Is, you know, and we've had the privilege the last couple of years of getting to know coaches from every division, a couple of coaches from out of our area. Um, and there are some really, really good football coaches. Oh, there's. And uh, the schemes differ, which I really like. You know, it's not the traditional, you, know, you get in the Big Ten, it's the power run game, or the Big 12's to air it out. You know, the West Coast is air it out, throw it 50 times a game. The SEC's kind of the spread offense, you know, RPO game. Uh, but high school, you have the wishbone still. You have the eye formation. You have the spread. You know, some have a mixture. It's just really neat to see uh, the other uh, combination of styles. And that's that's exactly it. And you see how a you know a smaller school adapts to mm-hmm. number of games versus you know, yep. I mean number of games. They may have twenty five mm-hmm. kids on their team. They may have forty kids on their team. It all depends on the school's makeup. And nobody makes an excuse about it. No, it, they, they just deal go out with and play. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously, when you get numbers under twenty, it becomes really yeah, difficult. Be, mm-hmm. It really becomes difficult for a school to compete because. 
you're asking so much of these athletes Every on the week, field. Yeah. yeah, on both sides of the ball and even on special teams. So mm. they're playing 60, 70, 80 plays a game, which is a lot of plays. And But, again, they're 16, 17, 18-year-olds. They usually bounce back mm-hmm. quickly. They bounce back level. quicker than you and I do. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, but, again... The high school football season is upon us. We're in the regional semifinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great games uh, being scheduled right now, obviously. And we got on Friday night, we have, of course, the game that you will be at mm-hmm. as uh, Chardon takes on Canfield. And we've been talking about Canfield throughout the season, mm-hmm. what Coach Pav has done with that team. And we talked about the young quarterback yes. who's, who's a junior who keeps, you know, improving and someone we've seen and had eyes on for the last mm-hmm. couple of years to see where he would, you know, how he would develop and get there. Uh, this is a challenge. This oh, is a, yeah. This is, this. They've had challenges during mm-hmm. the season, and they haven't really ducked anybody, and they played a very competitive yeah, schedule. Do. But this is the biggest challenge to date. Not a surprise in the regional semis. Yeah. And, you know, um, like you mentioned, uh, their schedule, you look at their schedule, Dover regional semifinals, they can meet them if they win. Uh, New Philadelphia playoff team, Austin Town Fitch Division two team playoff team, uh, Boardman, who just missed the playoffs by, you know, I think like point eight or, you know, Maybe a point. It was very right. slim margin, and two of those games were one possession losses to um, teams in Division Three and Division Two in Harding and Canfield. Um, you know, this will be Canfield's toughest test of the year, and uh, to win a state championship, you're going to have to beat the best team in the state, and the best team in Division Three the last couple years has been Chardon who won the Division Three state championship last year and really was not tested. Uh, Canfield probably was really tested, and that game was a 14-17 point game where it really never never really felt any game pressure in the second half. Uh, you and I have talked about this game for a couple weeks. You know, hey, this if these couple teams win here, if they win, you know, they can meet in this round. And we've talked about it. Uh, this is going to be a game of quarterback play. Uh, you mentioned Brock Lowry of Canfield Jr. and uh, Chardon, that a wishbone offense. A lot of responsibility there. Uh, but to me, Tim, the more I look at this game, the quarterback play is going to be big. But the play of Canfield's linebackers will ultimately tell us the story. Because when you have two great quarterbacks, you uh, you got to expect – them to make a play. It, they're going to make plays. They're too good not to make plays, regardless how good the defense is. Uh, I believe I heard Chardon lost seven or eight starters off last year's defense, and they're allowing less points this year. Um, Let me talk about their defense yeah. for a second here. They have thrown five shutouts yeah. against Bucknell, 42 to nothing, mm-hmm. against Kenston, who was 11-1 on a season, and they 49 played- to nothing. They then defeated Madison, who wasn't very good, forty-eight to nothing. They defeated North, four shutouts, mm-hmm. excuse me, uh, who were four and seven mm-hmm. in the season, thirty-eight to nothing. But that's impressive uh, when you look at the, you know, three of the four shutouts were teams with losing records, but to dominate a team that was eleven and one, and on they the played season. tomorrow night, against, or they played Friday night against Dover in the other regional semifinal in Region Nine, right? So. so. I told you that. That's a hell of a, that's a, hell how of a good defense. The defense is. Exactly. And you look at what they've done this season. They, the most points they've given up is 27 to Ursula. Yes. And then uh, the next number 20, is 21 to New Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. So, yeah, this this is a well-run team. Like you said, they, they it's a team you can't prepare for because <clears throat> you can't duplicate <clears throat> yeah. what they do. It is like facing a option team. You can't really duplicate that no, in practice. It's very seldom you can. Maybe you've got a great athlete who's not a quarterback, but you can, you can use, plug him in. Yeah, yeah. And, and do it. That happens once in a while, not often. And 
with, like you mentioned, a wishbone type offense, mm-hmm. a, a you know obviously a ground attack that will throw the ball when necessary uh, to draw you in. But your defensive line, your up your front seven, yep. front eight is going to be huge. And what they're going to try to do, and this is what all offenses do in generally speaking terms, is challenge your 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 front eight mm-hmm. as they creep up. And cheat up as the seat game progresses. They're going to pull out a, a screen play. They're going to yep. pull out a dump over the middle to a tight end. And these are the type of plays that you're going to see tomorrow night. The hardest part is predicting it for a defensive coach. Yeah. And also keeping your team focused on watching where the ball exactly. is at. Because... When you have so much action going mm-hmm. on, either to the fullback, to the two to the two halfbacks, uh, to the way you choose to move them around, it is a unique style of football that you don't. I mean, it's a throwback, yeah. But it, it is really if if you sell it to your team, your team buys in. It can be very good, and they've been doing it for many years. Yeah. So this is nothing new. It's kind of like the wing T. Yep. In smaller. Divisions, you see the wing T a lot, mainly because you don't have a lot of numbers, mm-hmm. meaning you don't have, you usually have, let's say, 18 to 28 kids yeah. on the team. So one of the advantages of it is a very decisive offense, and you don't have to have big numbers to do it. And it's you can do a lot of things out of it yep. if you're creative. Not everybody is, but you can do a lot of misdirections. You can throw out of it. You can motion out of it. There's a lot of things you can do to really control a defense on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, again, you are, I agree with you. The, the front eight is going to be huge. Uh, the Really, you, what you're going to do is you're going to bring your safeties down. Yeah. And you're going to put them out wide and have them basically have responsibility to try to close the gap and to string plays out left and right. And this is, they're going to have to be as good as South range has been this year, pursuing to the ball and keeping the play in front of them. And that's going to be, look, it's going to be a great challenge. Now I do think offensively for uh, the thing that, can work to the advantage of Canfield, Anthony, is they can manage the clock. Yes. They can get first down. They've got to play keep away, yeah. Yeah, well, they just need to make sure, like I, I've always said, you never turn down points. I don't care no, if you get no on way. one play or you get on ten plays. Score. You score. Yep. You want the points. But the bottom line is if you do offensively grind it out and get 10, yes. 11, 12 play drives, you're keeping their offense yep. off the field. Yep. You're making them react to you defensively. That tires them out if you have players going both ways, which at this level you usually do. So I would, you know, I don't think Canfield is a decisive underdog. I really don't. I think they're an underdog. Uh, I I'm not a odds maker, but if I say eight and a half points mm-hmm. is probably fair. Yeah. I think that's a little over a touchdown, but that's where I think, you know, they're going to need to force a turnover yep. or get the ball back on downs type scenarios exactly. and prevent Chardon from getting momentum and building a two touchdown lead. Exactly. That's it. That's a good point. Last year, Canfield had two turnovers inside the Chardon red zone that really killed him. Um, and instead of going to halftime with the leader tied, you were down double digits. Three keys for Canfield in this game. Um, a, your linebackers are going to have to play well. Uh, Canfield's linebackers played really well against uh, T.C. Caffey and Hubbard last week and really contained him. Only really one big run, and he fumbled off that. Um, two, they have to win one down per series defensively. And what I mean by that is they have to pin Chardon behind the chains. So if it's – got to get them for a negative yardage play. You, you, you have to get them in a scenario where if it's four yards within, five yards within, th- th- that opens up everything in their playbook. you got to make them – throw the ball. and That's easier said than done against this type of offense. And uh, Number three is Canfield has got to get out to a lead. 
uh, they cannot play from behind because while we know Canfield's explosive and Brock Lowry is a hell of an athlete, one of the best in the area, if you get behind this type of offense, good luck trying to come back because they're so fundamentally sound. And uh, they can score in bunches. That offense can score in bunches. Um, I think Canfield, Tim, I don't think Canfield can just line up and run it down their throat. Um, I think Canfield's going to have to make plays down the field throwing the ball. And I think they will. And I think, honestly, if this is the, what you build up all season for, if you have some plays that you've been running all season long that you haven't yep. used mm-hmm. or shown off, that maybe you've shown it in week two or three, yep. that you're going to bring back. Even if it's a simple thing as, let's just say, a, a jet sweep with with a different yep. receiver or tight end type scenario. Something, or maybe going the opposite way. Maybe instead of going left, you're going right. Mm-hmm. You're going to use... A, um, if you're going to do a flea flicker, that type yep. of thing, if you're going to pull out a trick play, this is the this game. This is the game to do it. Exactly. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this is – it sets the tone for the game. And you may see something early in the ball game just to try to get them out of their comfort yes. zone of what they normally yes, do. exactly. Now, they, they've probably faced it a lot this year, thinking a mm-hmm. lot of teams may have yes. tried this. I have not seen the films, but – Again, I think it, it it does have merit. All right, moving to Division Four, two games locally mm-hmm. that matter, and it is twelve and zero West Branch versus the Perry Pirates, ten and two at Borman, and then Glenville takes on Ursland on the other side of the bracket. There's going to be athletes galore all over the field in that Ursland Glenville game. Yes, there will. be. That might be, and I and I think you mentioned it. Uh, that could be. Uh, first one to 50 wins that game. It possibly could be. I mean, there's going to be athletes everywhere. Points. Turnovers, again, will be huge. Uh, either turnovers on downs or yes. actual physical yep. turnovers, interceptions, mm-hmm. fumbles, special team plays are going to be a big part of that game. Uh, this, if there was uh, Coach Reardon, if he ever has one I don't want to say flaw, but one thing that always I always keep in consideration is is, is that, as you know, on fourth down, anything's possible. Oh, yeah, with him. He's a riverboat gambler. Yep. Yeah, he is a riverboat gambler. It's a great yep. way to put it. The problem with that is sometimes you put yourself in precarious situations. Yes. Uh, finding the right timing on that play will matter. Going for two on the right play will matter. And they do that often. And they, yeah, and, and it will be interesting to see how they handle it. I think it's going to be a great matchup. And uh, if you have uh, that game available, then I recommend it highly. I think, like I said, I really love this, the idea, uh, Anthony, that West Branch and Ursuline can meet in a regional final. After last year's regional f- semifinal game, too, uh, that was a hell of a game, and our Drew DeShields is everything. Now, he doesn't get the publicity because I think all of us in the area have been like, oh, wow, look at Ursula's office, look at Ursula's office, look at Ursula's doing. And West Branch, and they're undefeated. Right. And it's not like they played, you know, scrubs. They played a hell of a schedule. Um, that's a good football team. Matter that's fact, a really good football team. You know, team. I had a chance to talk Explosive. to Bob Gassler uh, on on uh, Mark's show mm-hmm. uh, just the other day. Or actually, last night, if you had a chance, go out and, and download it. It's by all means, by Mark Means on, from Western Reserve mm-hmm. Digital Radio. Uh, I was on it along with Coach Gessler and, and mm-hmm. Mark and, and Dave uh, Ferris, and we were all talking about the different games going on that weekend, or this coming up, mm-hmm. kind of like what we're doing yeah. here. But they had the West Branch polling game the week before. And one thing Coach Gessler talked about, which I really, really took to heart, mm-hmm. is how well their offensive line performed oh, and how big. they protected that quarterback who was basically was not touched all night. Nope. And that's going to be key for them going forward. Um Against the Pirates. And, uh, and like Perry's I said, been a traditional power in that right. region. If you're available on a Friday Friday night in Boardman, I recommend that one. Now, where's that Earthland game at? I'm not sure. Is that at Louisville, I think? Yes. Yes, it is. Is, is it Louisville? Which is a great facility. Oh, it's gorgeous down there. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. absolutely gorgeous down there. So, yeah, if you're going to go out west, go check out Ursland. If you want to stay home, check out uh, West Branch and Perry. Uh, on Saturday, November 13th, D5 plays. You hear this game on Western Reserve Digital Radio, uh, and it will be with Coach Gessler mm-hmm. and, of course, Jim uh, Craven on the call. And it will be South Range 12-0 versus 12-0 Garway and a rematch from the previous uh, seasons. Uh, I'm kind of looking ahead, and it's a shame I won't be in town for it because if Kirtland and South Range win this week, they play next week in the regional finals. Yes, they do. And that is going to be maybe the best game in the state. Well, you got to love this region, just just Division Five region itself. 12 and 0 South Range, 12 and 0 Garway, 12 and 0 Garfield, yep. and 11 and 0 Kirtland. And Kirtland has the longest winning streak in the, in the nation. Yeah. yeah. In the They're nation. incredible. And what was even more incredible, you know, we talk about Tiger Laverty yeah. here over the years. Uh, not one player I think has gone higher than Division 2. And matter of fact, I think one player there's only been a few players that's actually played Division Three football, yeah. so a, this just tells you how, how solid that uh-huh. that community Fundamentally is. Fundamentally sound, yeah, they are, and what they what they achieve. You know what that tells me, Tim? They buy into the culture from a young age. Oh yeah, and they buy into the system. And we've talked about in other sports when a community believes and unites together. They're almost unstoppable, and that Curling yeah. team. I've mentioned this before about you know Tiger Laferty. Laverde uh, comes from the uh, Franklin area in yeah. Pins- in, uh, in Pennsylvania, and uh, Laverdes have a, a huge reputation over there. He's a hell and, of a coach, and he was a coach at Franklin for a while, before, but never got a full time teaching yep. job there. And then the opportunity came Kirtland, over yeah. in Ohio, and look what he has done. But yeah, South Range. Uh, what can we say about them? They're I think every they're a team on team on a mission to. Have that opportunity to get back to the state finals and win it. Now, obviously, they have a huge obstacle in front of them uh, this week in Garway. I honestly think this game should go South Range way. I do too. I I don't think it'll be. I think it'll be competitive, but I think in the end, the Tigers. Yeah, yeah. Tigers may win by twenty-one points. Let's say, like forty-two twenty-one. You know, thirty-five fourteen type score. Yeah, Garway. I think Garway's going to stay with them for the first quarter, maybe the first two quarters, but I think South Range. Yeah, yeah, Garway's a hell of a program. Good, Good team, but. Uh, South Range is uh, just special. Yeah, they're, they're good. Exactly. They're, they're just special, and they have one of the best quarterbacks in the state. And uh, we, we're we very fortunate with the quarterback play we actually have in uh, the Youngstown area oh, this year. Man. We have 10 deep. Yeah, we do. We really do. And then, as we mentioned, Garfield uh, versus uh, Kirkland. Uh, the G-Men, God bless them. What a good season. Good luck. What a season. And uh, if this game is on – a stream somewhere, uh, yeah, check it out. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say don't. It, 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 I mean, anytime you can see Kirtland mm-hmm. play, it's worth it. And then we move on to Division Six, another local team, a team 11 and one. LeBray takes on Mogador, a traditional playoff yeah. power in Northeast Ohio, and Springfield takes on Columbia Station, South Range, Garway. Um, yeah. How I about mean, that I, potential I, yeah. regional final LeBray and Springfield? Yeah. Uh, well, look at Springfield. They have they have a chance to, you know, they're looking to that, make that move back. Um, that, of course, the Springfield game is on West Reserve mm-hmm. Digital Radio with Jim and Coach uh, this weekend. I said it at South Range. I got ahead of myself. Yep. But uh, it is actually Springfield and Columbia Station. You hear that at 630 on West Reserve Digital Radio. Uh, Jim Craven, Coach Bob Kessler on the call against Columbia Station. Another rematch mm-hmm. uh, should be good, and it should be fun. I look forward to it. And uh, that game there, I think this is the team. I was I I said South Range earlier. That's my mistake. Yep. Uh, getting those two confused. I'm not sure why. Because they played the first game of the yep. season. It was a great game. And uh, South Range actually dominated. They beat them up. Yeah, yeah, they beat them up early and often. But since then, Springfield's been undefeated. 
and now they're they're facing a Columbia uh, Columbia station team, station yeah. team, and we'll see how they uh, should do well. I really think they they'll do well in that game. Uh, and then in D seven is Kennedy versus Norwalk St. Paul. Wait, you mean JFK still playing? Uh, I'm shocked. Yeah. Yes, every year there are there. Well, they are, and you know what they. The, this is the year, you know. They're they're eight and two. They're taking on a ten to one Norwalk team. This is another team like Springfield last year, mm-hmm. who had that taste in their mouth at the last game yep. of the season, didn't go their way, mm-hmm. and wants to have that opportunity to prove to themselves and to uh, just. The football in the state yep. of Ohio that they are they are a deserving opportunity to win a championship, and uh, we'll see what happens. I I love what JFK has done this year. Their defense has really ra- gone to another step this yep. year. Uh, they always had a quality defense the last few years. I think this year is just so much better. Yep. The year uh, what was it 2015 they won the state yep. title. Oh, uh, that was a, a dominating defense that led that way. So. Uh, Kennedy Norwalk in Division Seven, Springfield Columbiana Station in Division Six, along with LeBray Mogador. Moggy always a traditional yep. power. I like LeBray. I like all our local teams this week. I, I I'm being honest. I think the toughest game to win will be the Chardon Canfield game. I think that yeah, you're facing the number one I, team. Well, I think yeah. that's your underdog. Canfield's your underdog. You know, in that game. But West Branch should, I think, handle Perry. I think it's going to be a tough game there. Uh, Ursuline, Glenville, again. Uh, be great for three I, series yeah. on defense. Exactly. And who knows what will happen. Have a couple. If they can do what Ursuline does, uh, if they can have a big special teams day where they can return a punt mm-hmm. or a kickoff, if they can get a couple big plays uh, from the offense, and they got the running back. I mean, they they got the everything you would they, want. They, they got really weapons do. everywhere. It's going to be a great game. Uh, and then, of course, we mentioned South Range Garway. What a great game that will be. And then Garfield at Kirtland, or Garfield versus Kirtland. LeBray, Mogador in Division Six, Springfield, Columbiana Station, and Division Seven has Kennedy and uh, – Norwalk, St. Paul. Like I said, I'm picking. I hate saying this, but I'm taking all all the uh, home teams in Canfield. Uh, when I say home teams, I mean teams here yeah, from local, Youngstown. Yeah. Uh, Canfield, West Branch, Ursland, South Range. I'm taking Kirtland. I'm not taking Garfield. Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, Lebray and Springfield and Kennedy. So, yeah, I'm basically taking them all. I'm taking seven out of the eight teams, basically. So. It should be interesting um, what will happen in uh, this weekend. But I'm really looking forward to it. It should be great. I personally will not be here. No, you won't again. I will go over to Pennsylvania because I got a phenomenal game over there. I have Sarah Catholic versus the Laurel Spartans at Laurel. So it will be a phenomenal game. Um, Sarah Catholic, I got to see last week. They put. They're loaded. Oh, they are. They're, they got speed everywhere. Exactly. They're huge. Matter of fact, their starting quarterback was down last week, and Max Rocco, he was mm-hmm. not available. They put it in the second, uh, mm-hmm. and you would never know no. he was second. Yeah, he was that good. Uh, just really ran the, the table, and he threw some amazing passes downfield. Uh, they were able to, uh, I think he was five or six. Uh, to start the game. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, really, uh, he he ran one, I think, almost 70 yards for a touchdown. And he's a backup. Yeah, he was the oh. backup. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Laurel, good luck, Laurel. Laurel. Laurel's is a good quality football program. I'm going to tell you that. that They are designed to have this run this year. And uh, it should be a great game. I'm looking forward to that one. It uh Lee Moan and myself will be there and uh, looking. I mean, it should be absolutely fantastic. On a side note, Anthony, got a note today from uh, our man James. Okay. And uh, let me pull it up here just because I can. He goes, here's this. Uh, Have you ever done a hockey broadcast? 
And I answered no, but I'm will. I'm willing to try. try. Yeah, yeah, I would love to try. So possibly next Monday. We haven't. It hasn't been written in yeah. stone. But I may actually get my first hockey broadcast. Really? Yes. Who? I don't know. No. I haven't got that far yet. He hasn't returned my my messages. Uh, all it was is Monday possible, or would that be too crazy with your new schedule? And I said, no, that works. So, um, so it could be a hockey night, huh? Yeah, I'll probably find out Friday. Uh, so, yeah, I could actually have my first hockey broadcast. There you go. I'm looking forward to that possibly. I almost had a a, a, a soccer broadcast earlier this year, but my schedule wouldn't allow it. It was during my craziest time mm-hmm. period. Uh, I've made my transition. Yeah, you have. I've, I've left car parts completely uh, a week ago today, or actually a week ago Tuesday, and I am now a full-time uh, working with uh, aisles, uh, iron and string, life enhancement, and I've moved to a new house, mm-hmm. um, and I got four guys that I'm working with. They're all older gentlemen, great guys. One is uh, uh, is hysterical in a lot of ways how he handles things. Uh, a couple of real sweet older guys, and uh, it, it is a different change of life, and uh, a different uh, what's the right, what I want to say a different lifestyle for myself. Oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely, it has been. But a, you slowed down finally, though. Yeah, yeah, I've actually got rid of a job. Um, so I'm one less job. You mean you're not working six jobs anymore? No, shockingly. Uh, I'm actually breathing, you know, having time off. It's it's amazing, but it has been a uh, been a win world. And uh, ironically, here's here's the story of my life. Um, like seven and a half years ago, I was unemployed and had a car that was broken down, and I had another car that was broken mm-hmm. down. And my car that I wanted to get fixed was. A little too expensive. Yeah. Right. And the other one would just sat here for a few years. And I, I put some muscle into it and got it to a certain level. Mm-hmm. But a couple things went bad. Yeah. And that's how I found out about car parts. So I went down there and uh, got a part. And they were hiring. They had a sign up. And I ended up uh, inquiring about it. Mm-hmm. And later, a few about a week or two later, got hired there. And I ended up there for seven and a half years, which blows my mind away. One of the longest stints of my life mm-hmm. anywhere. Uh, different you know, kind of a life story here. So, um, as I say, ironically, uh, today or this past week, our uh, minivan has uh, had its issues. Mm-hmm. So, uh, knowing the mechanics I know now and everything else, I took it over to one of my favorite mechanics, uh, Jimmy Gasper, here in Bourbon, and uh, did a fantastic job. And, of course, uh, being an older vehicle that it is, you get one thing fixed, it only brings yep. on more issues. So he's uh, fixing that next issue as we speak. So I had a minivan years ago that needed to fix when I got that mm-hmm. job. And seven and a half years later, I'm fixing another minivan, minivan when I leave that yep. job. So as, as nuts as it is, that's how uh, life is. So. A lot going on in the world of sports. That's a little personal thing I had to throw in there just for the fun of it. Uh, we missed the the as the ball bounces in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, this past week uh, with the Odell Beckham Jr. story. And let me just say this real quick: I'm a fan of of Beckham. Always have been. Back in his New York Giants days, loved the idea when the Browns made the move to get him. Different organization when mm-hmm. they did. Different offense when they did. This whole thing that happened this past week was about money and nothing more. Let me t- explain this real quick for every for everybody knows where I'm coming from. OBJ had a three-year guaranteed contract left when he came to Cleveland. This was his last mm-hmm. year of his guarantee. Last year, he had, at this time, mm-hmm. went down with the ACL injury. So he, it was a full year. you know. So he came back after nine, 10 months, which mm-hmm. is unheard of for yeah. that injury. Now, I'm not making an excuse for him. That's just, you don't, that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. He really is a 12-month 
injury. And it's actually 18 to 24 months to be fully recovered yeah. from that. Um, this being a the last guaranteed year, he had two more years of non-guaranteed for about the same type of money. However, the Browns could release him or trade him or whatever mm-hmm. this offseason. Because of the injury last year, and he missed all that season. The year before, he he had about 1,000 yards mm-hmm. with the Browns, I think, and about eight TDs. Not a bad year. Maybe six or seven TDs. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I don't even care. But he had a he had a, a fine year under the circumstances the Browns weren't very good in the, in the Freddie Kitchen year. Last year, it was, you know, up and down, more down than up, and then the, the big injury happened. This year, he missed the first two games because of the injury, came back, I think, in week three. You know, never really clicked in the offense. And what I think I've seen, and this is what you get with today's athletes, they take care of themselves. Yeah. And he knew the only way he can make the same money that he had or find another guaranteed contract next season and not take a major mm-hmm. hit at the no- level that he's mm-hmm. at, at $16 million a year, he would have to put up numbers. And those numbers weren't going to come mm-hmm. in Cleveland. So he needed out. And he did whatever he had to to get out. And that's what happened. Uh are the Browns better off with him or with or without him? It doesn't matter. Honestly, God, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. Meaning, yeah, it, from all indication, he wasn't a cancer within the locker room. But he was an annoyance for the team. And for you to move on from him makes total sense. And I totally understand that. And, and um, I'm glad, you know, that's over. As far as I know, he hasn't signed with anyone yet. Um, we'll see what he'll get. He's going to get the league minimum mm-hmm. the rest of the year. He had to buy his way out of Cleveland. He had to leave three million dollars off of you know mm-hmm. basically pay the Browns back three million dollars. Not really, but yeah, uh, change his contract from a seven and a half million dollars that was left on this year to a signing bonus, and that was reduced to 4.5 or 4.25 if uh, he cleared waivers. And that's what he basically got a check today for $4.25 million not to play for the Cleveland Browns. And, um, yeah, no one's going to give him anything this year. And he needs to find a team where he can be either make an impact on in the playoffs or a team that's going to throw him the ball 15 times a game for he can show numbers, mm-hmm. for he can get a sizable contract next year, even if it's a one-year deal, which will probably be the case, which will make him very mm-hmm. upset. But that's where the Browns are at. Uh, it's not addition by subtraction or anything like that. It's more sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes you just move on. You know, Eddie Rosario yeah, for, gonna, the, yeah. for the for the for the. Indians slash Guardians, uh, actually Indians of last season, uh, actually put up decent numbers when he was here. He got injured. Yeah. And when his injury happened, he had like 48 RBIs for the Indians. He didn't hit a lot of home runs. I think he had six or seven. But I think everyone was expecting a little bit more Mm -hmm. power with the Indians than what he showed. But he really didn't show it with Atlanta neither. He had a few, but not many. Um, but he came alive in the postseason and had an amazing yes, he run. Did. And he had 14 hits in the NLCS. Yeah, well, and that's Los the thing. Angeles. You want and you know, that's a totally different story. But my point is, that's what happens. Now he'll probably get a quality contract again next oh, yeah. year because of what he did the postseason. And that's basically where where uh, Beckham Jr. is at. Yep. If he can put up numbers, if he can have a big postseason game. He's going to get the kind of contract that he's looking for. He may get a two-year deal. He may get a three-year deal. He may get a one-year mm-hmm. deal. I have no idea. But this was all about his future and his earning potential going forward. And like it or not, this is what athletes know because the numbers are so huge of what they make in any sport. And they'll never make this type of money again. They mm-hmm. have to maximize their opportunity. Sometimes you get a player who's willing to take less for the team and stay with an opportunity to win, most times you're going to run into this scenario. Mm-hmm. 
And if you make fair deals with players, they usually sign. So that's just the way it works across the board in all sports in my eyes. Um, Disappointed, but really had no impact on the team this year as a player. Coming off the ACL, he had no value. Had a shoulder injury in the first game back. No way any team was going to trade for that contract mm-hmm. and an injured player coming off an ACL injury. It just wasn't going to happen. So all those who think they should have traded him the week before, if there was a legitimate offer on the table, they would have took it. There was no legitimate offer. And quite honestly, it's tough to trade a, a player with that type of contract mm-hmm. in the middle of the season because the NFL has a hard, con- a hard salary mm-hmm. cap. You really don't have room for $7.5 million usually during the season because most teams are right at the threshold yep. or right below it. You know, some teams are bad teams, like maybe Detroit yeah. could absorb it. But he wasn't going to go to Detroit. You know, he's looking to go to the Packers. He's mm-hmm. looking to go to the Chiefs. He's looking to go to a team that potentially could make a run in the playoffs. And that's where we're at. We'll see what happens in the next few days. Um I haven't heard anything yet today. Uh, if we do hear something, it might be tomorrow. He might not play this week. So we'll see. Yeah, I I don't think I've watched an Odo Beckham game since he was at LSU his senior year against Florida. So I don't. Oh, I've seen him with the Giants. I mean, there was no question. His first two years, three years with the Giants, he made some phenomenal plays. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. I just have not watched him in the NFL. Right. I've only watched him in college right. at LSU. So. Yeah, well, and uh, – Shockingly, your uh, your Broncos has, are hanging in there. Are uh, they? Yeah, I couldn't tell you what the record is. Yeah, they're uh, I think uh, four and four, or five and three, something like that. And uh, they beat Dallas last weekend. Did they? Yeah. Well, that means they're just gonna. They're Teddy gonna win. Glove is, is they're is gonna win some the games. That, they're gonna win enough games to keep Teflon Vic and rinse repeat. They'll they'll tell us how it's improved, and this is the year, and they'll <laughs> flow flat on their face again, and. It's like uh, Grandfather Clock. It's yeah. Go round and round again. Yeah. There's your recap for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> haven't, haven't watched a single game in a couple of years, and don't plan on starting anytime soon. I understand. Uh, so that's basically the football end of the uh, the program. So I know the – well, we, we didn't touch about the local football. I guess we should. Uh, let's just say this. Um I'm more and more concerned that we have entered, officially have entered, the John Stroya era of the YSU Penguin football team. I'm going to say this. Um, They, in their search, we all know why he got hired. Yes. Money talks. Always has, always Uh, will. Yes. Um. But I also firmly believe, and this is not my agreeing with it or disagreeing with it, they wanted somebody so opposite of Bo Pelini that you wouldn't even think about Bo Pelini. The in-your-face, screaming, intense guy. They wanted somebody completely different. Because from what I heard, now this is, you know, it wasn't fun anymore the last couple years. And look, when you go 4-8, and and you go six and six of starting four and zero. Oh, it's not fun. It's just no, it's not fun. fun. Um, some people don't do well to the intense in your face screaming, but they chose to come to play here for them. So that's the, on their problem. That's their fault. Well, so it's not their I fault. Think it is, they I, knew what they bought into. Yes. I think they wanted somebody completely different. Um, defensively, I've seen an improvement to an extent. I think the secondary is not awful. The, um, uh, uh, let me say this. The secondary is better than the numbers being put up. Because when you have zero pass rush, I mean literally zero pass rush, and when you blitz, it does lot. not get yeah. home, you can't cover that long. No team can cover that long. Yeah. Alabama, and maybe the only team out there can cover that long is Georgia. Right. Um, and they have right. not been tested yet, really. Right. Um, I don't think I have ever seen an offense that is so boring, 
I don't think they're scared to be uh, aggressive. It's, I don't think they know how to because he's a nice man. He is a really nice guy. He says all the right things. He will give you the shirt off his back. He doesn't have the killer instinct in his body. If you get a 21-10 lead, seven minutes to go in the game, and I know what he wanted to do. He wanted to be Jim Trestle. And look, you don't have Jim Trestle defenses and Jim Trestle special teams over there to where an 11-point lead for a Trestle team felt like a 31-point lead. It was over. But a 21-10 lead on the road, and you were kicking the hell out of North Dakota. You were really, really playing well for three and a half quarters. And you don't have the killer instinct. You just don't have it. Let me ask you this question. And, and I, and I seriously, I asked this question to a few people. Okay. Is it the players today don't understand what it takes to win football games? Is that killer instinct less today in players than it was 15, 20 years ago? I definitely think the types of players have changed. Yes. I think they're more and – I, and I don't mean they're not tough and not, you know, bully-type guys. It has nothing to do with that. It's just – it seems to me more accepting of, well, we gave it our best shot. Well, we came up short. We can do better. Well, I'm yes, 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 versus yes. I'm upset that we lost that game. Oh, yeah, you don't. And uh, this is part of the reason why I've been turned off by the NFL is after you see a, a loss, they're at midfield gathering, laughing, joking. Like, you just got well, your butt beat. Yeah, that's a little different but to me. But Yeah, I do think they're different now. Um, but I will say this. When you're running the same play on first and second down, that you've ran the whole game, you don't think the other coach on the sidelines is going to be smart? Oh. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, 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 look, and, and this is not a shot at Demiatra Crenshaw at all. He's coming off an injury, and he played well. I mean, he, can, he was 13-17 passing. That's good. 75 yards. He had one pass complete to a wide receiver for six yards. Like, what? And that all I need... Oh, Tim, there were 11 passes. 10 passes, excuse me. 11. 11 passes completed to the running backs. Yeah, I know. To the running well, backs. And here, I'm not saying here's, here's McLaughlin two, and Turner aren't here's playmakers. There's two observations from that. One is lack of scheme. And two is lack of playmakers on your outside. I disagree I, with and, that, And though. I'm just saying that, well... I if you're not getting it's as well, then there's a third option is that he can't read a defense. I think and Oliver, may, you know, that may be part of the problem. But I think we we do have. I think I don't think we have anybody that scares anybody on the outside. Either a to no. catch the ball or b make a move and get open. But I will say this though, I like Samuel Saint Seren. Uh I think Bryce Oliver is a very talented football player. I think Portugal is a good talented football player. Andrew Ogletree is a matchup nightmare for teams yeah, down the middle of the field. Tight ends are fine. But the tight ends have always been look, strong. Are, are That's our part receivers, of the offensive line. And, you know, I'm just saying, YSU has always done pretty well on the tight end line. Our receivers aren't great. So I don't want to see them be like, oh, no, they're great. They're not great. They're mediocre. Yeah, that's the problem. Um but do I think they're as bad as only one catch in a game? Absolutely not. No. Well, that's I, like I said. I think it's a combination of all three. I just, uh, I think it's a combination of scheme, yeah, players' ability, and and quarterback and play. I would be I worried about the receivers if we didn't see the same thing in the spring. But I think with that, different receivers. This has been a problem for YSU for about the last five years. This is not nothing. You're right. Since this they, is nothing new. Yeah, since I mean, they, this goes back to the Polina era. Since they lost Townsend and Patterson yeah. and uh, Bailey. Um, I yes. have one suggestion for YSU about speed on the outside. And I mean speed on both sides yeah. of the ball. Go recruit Western Pennsylvania. Well, Go recruit the WPIL because there are 
athletes over there who can run. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying they're great football players. That's up to coaching to develop. Develop, yeah, you're right. But if you can get some of that speed that's over there, and I'm telling you, there is some speed on that side of the uh, the border, more than you see here in Northwest, Northeast Ohio. But you go towards Pittsburgh, you're going to find some great athletes with great speeds. Matter of fact, I was talking about Sierra Catholic, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, their best players go in Division Two. Now, take anything uh, away from all that. Four of them are on the track team. The head coach is both the football coach and, and the track, the track coach. coach. Um, my point is you have to recognize where talent's at and develop talent at this level. Let me ask you, you have this, to, You have to find a player. Not every player is – Rudy, meaning you go yeah. get the guy and yeah. you develop him, yeah. okay? Uh, uh, yeah, and, you know, oh, I want to play for you. I understand that. That's not what I'm talking about. But y- there's certain things Jim Trussell was known for, okay? He did the same thing. His same philosophy at Youngstown went to Columbus. Yep. Okay. What he did in the state of Ohio, for the most part, was quarterbacks, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, stuff like that, okay? Middle middle strength of a football team. But when it came to cornerback safeties, wide receivers, he went to the South. Yes, he did. He went to Florida and recruited heavily. He went to California and recruited. He had opportunities to try to find these players who would give you that speed, that aspect of football that you absolutely need. And... I'm telling you, Anthony, that's one of the problems that Youngstown has run into over the last 15 years is when they have had speed, they haven't necessarily had a quarterback to deliver to them or vice versa, where they get a quarterback and they don't have real outside threats and defensive threats who can return the ball. So it's a combination of a lot of things, but... Man, oh, man, oh, man. That's something they have to really concentrate on. Well, let me say this. Um... And this is not a an excuse. It's you know facts that now when YSU tries to recruit in the state, they have to recruit because I've always been of the belief, yes. and I think you would too. YSU cannot recruit at a FCS level if they want to compete in this conference. You have to recruit at a MAC level, right? So you, you got Akron go after, yeah. and Kent and Toledo. You got a lot of teams in the state of Ohio. You're vying for the same kids. You're, you're the small so fish in a big Let me pond. say this though, and here's my biggest concern. I think Joe Schaefer is a good football coach. He's proven that at John Carroll when he led Division Three in scoring defense, mm-hmm. led the Division Three in the OAC in sacks, and the OAC is a good conference. Mount yeah, Union, Ohio, Northern. Not going to deny that. But, but. The speed differential from Division Three in the OAC to the FCS is gigantic. The speed difference from the OAC in Division Three to Missouri Valley is night and day, and that every, is what I every, see. We are every struggling. Every step of the way, we you have are, to get better. And athletes. I think we are yes. struggling. Our scheme is struggling to adapt to. I and I don't know. If, I still think we look like we're shocked. At the amount of speed in this conference. Um, well, yeah. And look, and, you're going to need the recruit speed. And that is really, but, I think, one of the most important things this coaching staff can do. Because it's not going re- away as much as I want If it you recruit that speed, do you have any faith or any belief that they can develop? I don't. I, I don't. don't. Be honest with you, Anthony. They haven't had the speed to prove to me they can or they can't. You know, that's the problem. I know what you're saying. Here's my I know what you're saying. Yeah. I understand your point. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm also saying they haven't had the no, athlete you're right. you're to right. prove that they can. You're right. So they have to get the athlete first and then develop them. Um, and the truth of the matter is, as much as I say we're, we're in John Storia 2.0 in, in 2021 in the football program, which scares the hell out of me because we may never win more than four games a season for the for the remainder of this contract. Okay, um, that's 
that's very frustrating, very concerning to me because we're seeing a level of play diminish uh, at Youngstown State football that mm -hmm. we have not seen in years. Even when we were frustrated with the Wolford era, well, they were scoring lots of points. And they were, were talent here. Yeah, they, they had talent. They just didn't have any defense to stop anybody. No. They could never make a play when they needed to. Uh, at least in the Polina era, we had a few years where they did make the plays. Yeah. And they were able to win a game at the end of the game. And you have to be able to do that. There is no belief today, either from last spring or this fall, that if YSU was in a four-point game and had the ball at the 40-yard line, their own 40, they yep. had to go 60 yards yep. to score a touchdown, that they can do it. You're 100% right, and they had a scenario on Saturday where they moved the ball out to their own 46, had first down, and they went run, run, pass, punt, and that was it from there. Well, that's my point. In the fourth quarter, when you're in a tight game less than a touchdown, yep. Do you have any faith that YSU can drive the distance necessary to score that no. touchdown? Nope. And I don't. No. Nope. And I don't, I don't think there's playmakers or the coaching talent to improve that. Here's what That's the problem. This is why I'm talking about John Stroya. He was overmatched. Oh, this coach staff is right. overmatched. And, and this is what I'm concerned about. Because once apathy enters a program, it is so difficult. Difficult to get it out. Get it out. Exactly. Yeah. And you can fly all your flags that you want from the 90s. It was 30 years ago. Yep. It doesn't matter today. The closest we've come to a program was 2016. Was 2016. And prior to that was what, 2008? Last time we went to West was 06. 06. So, Here's but that's my point. My point is you can't go 12 years mm -hmm. without a legitimate run. You have to put four, five, six years where you're into the playoffs and making a Let run. Let me say this. And I don't see that in YSU's future. I see a program that is probably going to peak at four or five wins a season at the most. I see a program right now, two things, that has no belief they can win a game on the road. And they've lost 17 in a row. I agree. And we said that all year long that you're not going to prove anything until you win a game on the road. And the last two road games they've had, they should have won the football game. And they're having they trouble winning at home. Game. That's another problem. Um, here's the scary thing. We lost our last home game to South Dakota State, who was really good. They just beat North yeah. Dakota State. They're a hell of a football team. They went to the championship You're last year. You're playing in one of the toughest conferences um, in football. It's simple. We so. lost 47-16. That's 31 points. That's an ass-kicking. Excuse my French. No, it is. That game didn't feel that close. Yeah. And here's the scary thing. South Dakota State played their C plus B minus game with like seven, eight penalties, two turnovers in the end zone. They don't Tim, that could have been named your own score to sixteen. And that was only six and that was only sixteen points because we threw two Hail Marys up against South Dakota State's backups. You know? And here's what worries me, and I'm not taking a shot at him, I won't say him by name. Because he was a hell of a football player in high school. He's a good football player. You're down 47 to 9. You throw a touchdown pass. I get you're excited. That's fine. I should not see you point to the sky and do the Ferran, Ferrando Rodney arrow thing. You're down 47 to 16. Please get to the sidelines. Yeah, there's the time to celebrate and there's time Here's to Here's what is. Look, I. I will um, say this, and I don't know the whole scenario there. Maybe you can fill me in here's on one. Wait a minute. Well, yep. Let me get this out. Before, uh, your rant is legit, and yeah. I have no problem with that. I totally yep. agree. I will ask this. Was that his first touchdown pass as a collegiate player? Yes. Yeah, and I don't want to and, 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 and and, take and it away from and it. That's my whole point. And I guess it's just, you know, you, you maybe the time and a place for it, right. maybe in the locker room or something like that. But in the same yeah. vein, you know, you're going to show emotion. I don't mind emotion being shown. I agree with you in a blowout loss. Yeah. Is it over the top? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, now, we don't know all the backstory to let it. Let me say this. So, I just, I'll just i give him a benefit of the doubt. Saturday, you're up 21-10. Had a great, I mean, a nice long touchdown drive. Crenshaw powered through in the end zone. You're up 21-10 with seven minutes to go in the game on the road. Um, and 
South or excuse me, North Dakota went. They started airing it out, and it appeared to me again. We went back in that prevent defense that has bit us in the ass for the last two seasons now. And as soon as they scored to make it 21-16 and didn't get the two-point conversion, I said, this game's over. I said, we're not winning this game. Well, I think what you're seeing there is more of a defense that is looking not necessarily – trying to keep the play in front of them yep. versus a prevent defense. And that's because you lack talent. Yep. And when you lack talent, you try to mask it in many ways. And you play zone. And a team that recognizes that will – We'll we'll defeat you you. Apart. We'll, we'll, we'll defeat you. And a celebratory, meaning a quality offense that, you know, you have coaches up in the booth, you have coaches on the field, you have players on the field playing. Mm-hmm. They can see what's going on. And a good coach can make an adjustment and see, hey, they're in zone. This is what we can do. Mm-hmm. And they're picking you apart. Now, you're in zone because you probably just don't have the players to match up. Yeah. And that's, again, this is where I talk about having athletes and being able to rise to the next level and bring them up. And, and finding players that fit your need. Why um, is just, they are where they are. I hate saying this, but I don't think this program going forward, and I hope I'm 100% wrong. I'd be thrilled to be wrong. I want to be wrong. But it's going to plateau at four wins, maybe five wins on a, you know, on a good season where they win a close game or two. They won two close games at home where they scored points. And, and that's it, basically, this year. The uh, Missouri State's a playoff team. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. They're not great. They're good. Yeah. And Incarnate Word, I don't know if you saw they just threw for six hundred and ten or six hundred and ten yards. You caught last them at the week. right time yeah. too. The first game of the season. Um, you know, you have two wins there. You have. You should beat Western Illinois. That's three. You should beat Indiana State. That's four. You should beat North Dakota. That's five. Well, should have, would have, could have. You know, don't and, don't tell the story. Um, and I know you're fearful of this plateauing out. And you're hoping you're wrong. I think we've reached a point. We're past of hoping not to be wrong. No, I right? think I think the writing's on the wall. We are. Uh, yeah, it's. They are who they are, and they're a bad. Th- they are a bad football team who plays hard. They'll battle. Um, they are so terribly overmatched coaching wise that it's it, it's laughable. Well. The university has a lot of decisions to make going forward. Uh, the coaching staff has to be held accountable for what they do. They probably are going to continue down this road at least. He's got two more, more years minimum. Yeah, well, I think at least one more year, and then possibly um, deals could be made. But again, we'll see what happens. I mean. I'm not optimistic. I think we're in the, probably that period of football where it's going to take a special person to take it to the next level again. And it's going to it's going to take an investment in the university. And I'm not sure the university has the ability to do that. And I agree with you. It's, yeah, and this that, isn't all. This is where they are. You, I hate saying this because this is where YSU is at. Is they're still living off of the reputation of what they achieved in the nineties. In yep. the nineties, but it is now twenty twenty one. It's time to and, adapt. And you can't. It's time to move on. Well, yeah, you can't. Li- you can't live in the past. No, you have to live in the future. You have to live today and, and, and look to the future. And I don't necessarily see this program um, making that next leap instead. And that, and today is totally different. Back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even in early 90s, you could put a four- to five-year plan together mm-hmm. and build a program. Yep. You can't do that today. No one has the, the attention span as a fan or the willingness as an organization usually to give someone that yep. much time. Now, he has a four-year contract. He's two years down. I 
I honestly two years, three and fourteen. Yeah, well, you're, you are who you are. Your record states what you are. It always does in sports, and they, like I said, we're we're headed into um, an abysmal downturn in the football program, and it's heartbreaking to see. Now, the question will be, Anthony, with the new rules in college football and college sports mm-hmm. in general, how many of these decent players he has are oh, going to yeah. leave? And that's a question, yep. and that will won't be answered till January. But I mean, that's something we'll have the to keep an eye on. The roster turnover could be huge. All right, I don't want to keep this going too much longer than that. We did a lot of football here today. Yep. There's a lot more to talk about, but uh, we'll try to get back in next week. Mm-hmm. Get back on a on a weekly run here on the podcast. I'm going to have some more time. Hopefully, Anthony and I can get our schedules together and we can get back doing this podcast. Anthony, always a pleasure to see you. Yeah, it's great to be back, and uh, with the hectic schedules of you know multiple jobs and family and. You know, everything else going on, and now we're less than 40 days away from the holidays. It's going to get even nuttier. So. Yeah. Uh, one other quick mention is the YSU basketball program begins this season tonight against Penn State. A new look team. And uh, obviously when you get this, this ga- that game will be already played. Uh, one suggestion, I make this all the time, turn on your TV, turn on the radio, listen to uh, Rob Schmidt. It's it's just a pleasure and, to have uh, the. Uh, Lady Penguins with a big win yesterday at noon. They beat Eastern yes, Michigan yes, 70 to 67. Yes. A new look roster from transfers and graduation. Uh, John Barnes has done a nice job of uh, using the transfer portal to your advantage. We'll see what Coach Calhoun does. He got nine new players this year. So. A lot of new guys. Yeah, and uh, it will be an you interesting challenge. You last night for Fordham. Six of 12 from 325 yeah. points. Yeah, so. well, it is what it is. He, he's not here, so no. You, you wish uh, him well. State's not a good team. They're obviously a Big Ten team. Uh, we're a new look roster, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting here in an hour or so. Yep, it will be. All right, for Anthony, I am Tim. Remember to tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP.